This episode is brought to you in partnership with Wacom. Across the globe, learning is still handwriting-centric, especially in mathematics and science. This can make the shift to digital tasks challenging. Many schools are seeking effective apps and hardware to ensure a smoother transition for digital learning, especially for STEM lessons. Expanding digital pen and ink technology from teachers to students opens up new possibilities for communication and collaboration in and out of the classroom. Using pen-enabled devices, teachers and students can explain complex concepts, take notes, provide feedback, and show their work quickly and easily. Wacom pen displays and tablets easily plug in to the existing IT equipment in the classroom, enabling members of the class to interact with the digital content being shared. The teacher never even needs to turn their back on the class. Collaboration is simple when working on shared documents and apps with the digital pen. There's no new software to learn. You just work with the pen on the screen or tablet instead of the mouse and keyboard on your computer. As educators, myself, Steve and Ben have all integrated the use of Wacom technology into where we've worked in education, into colleges and schools, and we have seen the benefits for ourselves. So go check it out for yourself. Uh, The link is in the show notes for this episode. Hello and welcome to the Edge of Futurist podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're here for another episode. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one tonight. I, I can feel it. It's uh, We've got a great guest who's going to be joining us in just a few minutes. Um, if you hadn't heard, we are again uh, for the fifth, fourth, fifth year running. We have got the annual Edge of Futurist Awards coming up on the 4th of May. 2023 so if you listen to this podcast and it's past that date uh, you can just forget about this but uh if, if you're listening it's before it uh we'd love you to join us uh it's going to be called the uprising so the edgy futurist uprising 2023 where we are going to bring together the movers and shakers of um educational innovation those who want to make a difference those who are making a difference we're going to get them all in one room in leeds in the uk we're going to have a bit of a party. We're going to celebrate um, the innovation that's going on. We're going to showcase some of those innovations, and we're going to give out some of our Edufuturist awards uh, to the teachers, schools, universities, um, companies. Yeah, every everyone who's making it happen. And so if you want to find out more, go to uprising.edufuturist.com. Uh, we're, we're in the nominations phase at the moment, so you can nominate for the categories. So, um, And that's probably – I know we were just talking just before we went live – Lads, it's probably one of the most important stages of this whole process, really, because we need we need to find out. I know we'd put a lot of research into it ourselves, um, but we need to find out from from you out there uh, about these educators, about these these schools, these these organisations who are really pushing the envelope in education. Absolutely, it's really interesting because you think um, that the fact is is that we don't have a um, a, a wealth of we think we find somebody and then it opens up a rabbit hole, doesn't it? And we go and find somebody else and then they relate us to somebody else. And what's, what happens is that we know that there is brilliant practice that's happening all around the world. And we are trying to dig into that. We're trying to, um, we try and bring some of the best thinkers and the best examples of that onto the podcast, but we want to make sure that we are championing those as well and talking about them. So nominations really do matter. And we, we read them all. We use them all. We and then obviously our judges make the decision about um, who is uh, who, who who gets shortlisted and then we, we work into that conversation around voting. But yeah, it's 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 so so important that we hear from the community, the wider community. And thanks so much to those that have already voted. Uh, sorry, nominated. I always get confused in the stages. But um, get your nominations in. There's there's loads of awards as well. Um, whether that's Edge Futures of the Year, or whether that's a primary or secondary school of the year. And there's a couple of new ones in this year. Skills Development Champion has come in this year. Uh, Matt of the Year, Multi Academy Trust of the Year has come in, uh, as well as an outstanding online school one, which is um, which is exciting because obviously we've been talking a lot about online schools. So we're gonna we're gonna celebrate some of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um... If you if you want to stay kind of uh, on top of all, all the news that's coming out and keep up to date, uh, we do have the newsletter, so newsletter.edgyfuturist.com, and every week we release, you will, in fact, if you 
subscribe, you will get exclusive access to our podcasts. So you get them a few days before everybody else. You also get our atomic essay where we, we summarize kind of our thoughts uh, based on the podcast for that week and all the news about things like the awards and, and, uh, and yeah, how you can participate and get involved with us. So lads, it's been a, it's been a week. I wasn't with you last week. I've just remembered. Yeah. It's been a couple of weeks for me. Yeah. Um, how's it been? How's things good. going? Yeah. Good. Yeah, I had a horrific start to the week. I'll be oh, honest. Yeah. Um, Steve, I was... <laughs> Steve's bankrupting himself, but and standing on. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to tell the story, Steve. I feel like I need to tell it. Steve tell it. On, on the way down to Versus Dork, and uh, he was stood on the side of the road with his car broken down, uh, with three coats on but no socks. <laughs> and if everybody yeah, knows Steve, I, Steve I don't wear socks. Down. And uh, it started to snow. It was snow freezing cold. Me. It started to snow. Um, <laughs> had to wait a, a long period of time. The tow truck cost a fortune, um, even though that I were already paying for breakdown. Apparently, I didn't have uh, beyond 10 miles recovery, thanks to my wife and her insurance. Um, but then uh, it's still in the garage, and uh, yeah, it's a clutch, flywheel, and a whole set that you cannot buy individually uh, from BMW, mm. um, costing £1,900. Um, yeah, it's, it's not fun. And then, to top that tax off... Bill. Tax bill. <laughs> yeah, tax bill, that's fine. But uh, yeah, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't feeling too well because I've been stood outside for two hours waiting for the tow truck in the snow. So I've had a, an interesting week, but things can only get better. I feel a little bit, a bit better now. And um, But yeah, some really good stuff. Uh, some stuff I can't necessarily talk about from the, the business stuff, but um, some really good stuff. Really enjoyed this week, except the breaking down and stood at the side of the motorway. But other than that, yeah, it's been... It could only get better after Monday morning. That's one of those things. It couldn't get any worse, somebody told me, uh, until the, the bill for the, the car came through. Uh, but, yeah, how about you guys? Yeah, good. Mine's been good. I've, I've been down at a great FE college in Wales this week, um, helping them and discussing their online. They're doing some fully online learning courses. Um in uh, access to HE courses, so that was uh, that was great to see how people are, are doing some of that kind of stuff. And uh, some, I've had a lovely day today. So I've done some work and stuff, meetings and stuff this morning. And then I took my wife out for lunch. Um, so doesn't happen on a work day normally. It's usually a weekend, and usually we've got kids in tow. So it was nice just to have some time with 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 the wife. And I had steak. So uh, who doesn't love that? Brilliant. Should we jump into it? I feel like we should uh, uh, get get right into it now. I'm looking forward to our guest today. Um, our, our guest is Yaakov Hecht. Uh, he's joining us from Israel. Yaakov, thanks for joining us. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hi. Um, it's great to have you on the podcast. Um, and uh, I suppose if, you, if you're into kind of educational change, a lot of people will have will, will have heard of you and, and your work. Um, and I know you... Your friends with a uh, previous guest on the, on the podcast, uh, Sagata Mitra, um, and he's he won our outstanding achievement award actually at our awards last year, and he, he came in and, and did a keynote for us. Um, and he's also a fellow adopted Geordie as well from the north in the northeast of England, uh, which is which is uh, always good to hear. And I know as well a guest that we would have absolutely loved to have had on the podcast, but um, obviously no longer with us. I know you were good friends. Um, with Ken Robinson as well, um, and 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 I've done a lot of work with him. So, um, it's it's a privilege to have you on, Yako. Can you can you tell us about your work and and kind of how you are transforming uh, education for for young people uh, in Israel and and beyond? I will try to to make short introduction of what from where I came and to where I am going. Uh, so I think the, the first thing that bring me to education is that I was really suffering at school. School was a place that I suffered strongly. And uh, especially because I, it was very difficult for me to read and write languages at all. As you see my English, it's complicated. Uh, and I left school when I was 16. I decided to left school because it's more, it's not was clear to me why to go to school. It was, I, I remember myself when I am 60 and I, I, does, I think why to go to school? 
how school connect to life? This uh, school prepare me to life? Why? Most of the time we are sitting without moving and we do this practice like 90% of the time. So how, how, how it's the idea that we sit and listen to someone that is really don't, is not interesting, help me to be successful adults. And I left school and, and I decided to build a school like this. I, I, I will build a school, a new school that will be very similar to what I see adults do outside school. And that's will be to children like me. In this point, I, I thought that it's exist maybe few people, a student like me that want different schools. Later, I understand that all of us need different schools. And uh, why? Because I, I don't think the idea of schooling that say to the student what to learn, how to learn, and check them if they done it, this is prepared to the future life or the present life. We, we want creativity. We want the people know how to learn, we, how to choose their life. And that's not something that they are doing uh, in, the, in the traditional old schools. Maybe the traditional old school prepare people to work in the old factories, but they are not exist. So how they prepare to the new economy that exists today? How it's to the new culture that exists today? So I decided to build a new kind of school and it's taken me more than one, uh, when 10 years and I build a new kind of school and I call it democratic school. I call it democratic school because I think that we prepare, our, we want to live in a democratic society. So to me, it's if you want to live in democratic society, you need to make a school that run democratically. And children growing up inside this idea. Uh, so what is democratic school? In, or I will say that it's that's I built in uh, 1987. Uh, later we built another uh, 30 democratic school in Israel, and also we build uh, we begin to build a, a international network of democratic schools, and today it's more than 70 countries that have democratic school, and we have thousands of schools that call themselves democratic schools. So what is this idea of democratic schools? The idea is that, uh, first of all, the first idea that every one of these thousands of democratic schools is different. Because we think people, we are different, and different is one beautiful. And in this case, also school need to be different. But in all the democratic school, you can find four principles that come in all the schools. One, every student have a different learning plan that he choose. So every student can learn different things in our school. This is the, the one of the first principle. The second one we make the law, we are not only individual, we are groups. In, in my school, for example, it's 600 students. So we need to live as a community. A community need uh, rules. And the rules we make together in a weekly parliament that we are meet together and we can vote. And, the, and in in uh, most of the democratic school, it's from four year old until 18. For, so it's from kindergarten until you finish the high school and everyone have the same vote like me as the principal. 
when I say like me as a principal, like I was principal because I was 10 years principal and now I do different things. But the idea is that the principal and the student have the same vote. Uh, in Israel, also the democratic school is a state school. So it's a public school. And uh, that's also because the reason that if we want that to keep in our school democracy and human rights, one of the key ideas of human rights that, this, uh, that education would be free. So uh, we, we, the school cannot make decision that against the law of the, of the country, but I give the school all the power of principle and the community can decide about everything. So this is the second principle. The third principle is uh, um, every student choose uh, one of the adults in the school to be his mentor. So we have, we call it the principle of closed dialogue between adults and students. And the third, the fourth uh, principle is that everything that we are teaching, it's from the point of view of human rights. So we can, the student can decide to learn what they want about what they want, but we will bring the point of view of human rights to the content. We, we it's mean the staff member. So this is the four principle of democratic schools uh, that you can find all over the world. Uh, but as I say, in every place, you can see it different. After 10 years that I ran this uh, democratic school, I built uh, the Institute for Democratic Education in Israel, and we take uh, the ideas we, of the democratic school. The democratic school was to us like the lab that we uh, build a new kind of education, and we begin to work with the, all the traditional school and change to dom democratize the, uh, the schools. And uh, also that was a very, I think, very important uh, influence of the uh, democratic institute that we built. Uh, also in the democratic institute, I was 10 years and then I left and I built a new organization that called Education Cities. And the idea was to focusing uh, on cities and see all the all the city as a one big school and we help schools in the city to begin to use the city as a place to learn so students not only can choose what to do inside school they can use all the city uh, to use to go to learn in hospital in factories in and use as other facilities of the city. And today in Education City, our major idea, uh, we, we work in a, a, in a college of training teachers and we make the plan that call revolution. And we understand to, to that we, if you may want to make a change in the education system, you cannot come to the traditional school and work with this. Uh, you, we do it, but it's very difficult. Yeah. So, so what, how, how does that differ from, so the other schools in the state system? Are they in Israel? Are they are they are they open to this kind of education, or are you? In their eyes, are you doing something that's completely radical here? How does it differ from other schools? I, I will finish what we're doing now, and then I will answer your question. So now we walk, we say, let's talk with the teachers in their college when they, let, they get the license of teacher training, of teachers, to be teachers, okay? We have now a program that run in the college of, uh, this is the college of teacher training. And this program called Revolution, it's take 
uh, in the beginning four years, and it's also second degree, it's first degree and second degree. And in this case, what we are doing, that the student in the college begin to, to be in a process like democratic education. So every student choose what he want to learn, how they want to learn, uh, and how they evaluate uh, what they are doing. And we run a democratic program in uh, first degree, second degree, and also continue learning. So this is what we are doing now, okay? It's, I, I hope that my English uh, sounds... Uh, uh, so I build, in the beginning, I try to, I, I try and success to build a new kind of school. Later, we try to do it, take these ideas to traditional school. And today we're working in a, a teacher training a college and we try to do it when we're tra training the teachers. And, and I guess that training the teachers that you need for that type of school is very different to training the type of teacher needed for a traditional school. Um, we we think it's not ex we, it's not need to exist traditional school. Traditional school finish their uh, rule, and and I think it's a consensus. If you look today, everywhere in the world, by words, by talking, all the people in the OECD and uh, everywhere that I go in the world, they believe in. Uh, independent learning and they believe about choosing and about project-based learning and about everything. But if you go to school, you don't, you cannot see it. So we think to change the school, first of all, that I think that it's quite consensus in the world that the old traditional school finished their job in, the, in, in this time. And we need to look for how to change it. And so what we are doing now, we try to change it in the teacher training. And that's that sounds amazing. And I think that idea of suggesting and it, it absolutely resonates with what we've been trying to say for a while too, not as long as, as you, um, but we've been trying to say that the traditional school system was created to fulfill and it to and Sagata Mitra said this didn't he the other week when uh, the other month when he was on with us lads he said uh the actual traditional school is engineered perfectly for what it was designed for so it, it does exactly what it needs to do uh yeah. for what it was designed for but actually the world we're moving into is not uh and we're actually in not just moving into it that's not fit for it my question sits really with I I've got two children, a 12-year-old and an 8-year-old. They um, have got very, very different interests. Um, so my 12-year-old, sorry, I feel like I say the same thing every week, lads. I'm turning into Steve. Um, uh, I could talk about this all night. But my 12-year-old is a swimmer and loves swimming and everything to do with sport and fitness and all the stuff that sits with that. My eight-year-old is more into performance, dance, singing, music, all the stuff that sits with that. How do we, how do you and the democratic schools then ensure that there's that the variety of those children who are choosing in this in this democratic school system uh, to be able to learn? How does that work? How does how does it how does it land when you've got them two diversities plus thousands of other uh, opportunities and options? I, I will tell you it's about my sons. I have four sons and they begin in democratic school and they finish. Today they are 30. So I, I will give you all the process. My my big son, that today is 31, uh, he, in the, when he was young, his in, most interesting things was to climb on the trees. It was, it was unbelievable. When he was climbing on a tree, everyone was stop and look on him. And then, so most of the time at school, he climbed on trees. Uh, 
and then he, he liked to to do physical things, but it was focusing to uh, wall climbing. Climbing. So he and a group of people in the school build a wall climbing. It means that they need to look how it's what is wall climbing. They need to learn how to get insurance, how they get a. Uh, the agreement from the government to build this uh, wall in our school. This is a huge process of a, lo a lot of students and a lot of staff members that together they build the wall climbing. Uh, and then he was very good because he practiced uh, climbing like all the all the year, all the days. Uh, the other competition, uh, people that uh, was uh, climbing, they go only afternoon, one or day, one day or two days a week. He do it every day, so he become the Israeli champion in climbing, and later wow. he was European champion, and then he become one of the best in the world in climbing, and. Uh, but he decided when he was 70 that that's enough. And uh, he began to look for another thing. But I, I will say until 70, he learned about his English much better than my English because he need to go uh, to, to compete in different places in the world and he go to climbing in, in, in different uh, mountains in the world. and. Uh, he need to make connection with other friend and uh, so and he, he know to, what to what to eat so he, he need to learn a lot of uh, uh, I don't know how to say it healthy food and things like this and uh, then he come back to school and he was uh, take care about the it was very interesting him to run the committee we have in our school committee of uh, making the tours of all the school so he was the chairman of the committee that organized tours to all the students in the school and that was very interesting but this interesting also move to uh, uh, to make film so when he go to university, he decided to learn how to make film. So he become uh, like a product productor of film. But then he finished, he feel that it's not enough with the climbing. And it's become like a competition in Israel that I don't know how it's called uh, in England, but it's a competition of that people jump and it's it's called in Israel a ninja. Yeah, we have ninjas. We have we have ninja in the UK as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, he, he, so he, he go to this competition and he was number three in Israel, and it's he become very famous, and people begin to ask him to come to show what to do. And today he is the coach of the Israeli climbing team, and he prepared them to Paris. So th this is my big son. Uh, my, uh, one of them, my small, I have two twins that they are the, my uh, small sons, they are 21. Uh, and one of them, he decided to, to be a film producer or more than producer and is now full-time around film inside the school. He was moving all the time with camera. I think my big son influenced him and he was all the time take picture of what happened at school. He built a film center that uh, all the, and he ran and uh, teach student from all the school how to make film and today is a very successful film makers in Israel and uh, and the middle son is dealing with politician so today in Israel it's a huge crisis of politician 
and is inside this crisis and uh, uh, but every one of of my ch child by do what is interesting him I, I call it a deep learning if for example if you're interesting in glasses okay go on this you go deeper if you need to know about glasses you will need to know English because you, you begin to see in the internet and and then you need to understand how it's working you need to learn physics to learn physics you will need mathematics so everything that interesting you we will go with this it's without limited it's not we build the courses and you need to choose the courses we will go in your way in any way that you will decide yeah i, I like it i like the idea of your, your children have got an interest so it's the same principle that they've got an interest mine was swimming yours was climbing or a film or whatever else it looks like politics so how does the teaching then work in terms of like thinking around so we we interviewed rob horban from the agora school in the netherlands um uh, a few years ago or, well, it might even not be, I don't know, whatever it was, they, they all blur into one. Uh, but it was a fantastic conversation about like this, students are self-directed learning. They are coached almost by a, by a, by adults in the room. Um, you are trying to, so, what does that look like for a, a typical student day then? So like as a, as a young person who's into climbing, for example, there's no way that, like you said, there's no way that they're just going to climb all day because they're going to need to understand English. So they'll be, to be able to communicate, they'll probably need to understand things like insurances and writing letters and things if they were trying to build a climbing wall. So so if you could talk to us a little bit about what that looks like, uh, how, how, what does it work, how does it work practically? First of all, Agora School is fantastic. I, 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 every year, I, at least one time there, I, I am connected with the founder of Chef. Uh, and uh, and I think it's a fine, fantastic school, and 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 that's this is I think what they are doing and what we are doing, it's the same way in different uh, the uh, the same direction in different ways, uh, and and inside the school we have um, I will I will try to show you how it's working. We have a timetable, and in this timetable, uh, in every hour, we have like 20 options, okay? In traditional uh, workshop uh, school, you have in a timetable in every hour, one option. You need to take it, yeah? We, we have 20 options. And you can choose one of the 20, or you can choose not to take this any one of these 20. And uh, you can bring your idea. I want to do a workshop about something. And you can put it in the 20. So everyone can choose. Uh, who is leading this uh, uh, lessons? It can be teachers from the staff member of the school but it can be also also student that bring their ideas and it can be uh, parents that can be a teachers so it can be a lot of people that give this option this is one option to learn another option to learn it's we have a center inside the school like an art center like a a, a gym like a science center like a language center and to these centers you can go without saying before that you are coming you come and you learn there another option to learn is to play a lot of students stay in the yard and play we are in israel now it's not raining uh, <laughs> It's not cold. It's wonderful most of the days. 
So we climbing on trees, we, we, we play different games. This is wonderful things to do, to, to make games inside the school. And another way of learning in our school is that someone bring idea, let's do all these two days something. And groups organized to be like uh, two days, three days, one week, uh, like a workshop about something. And if anyone that wants to take this workshop can go and take this workshop. And the, the five way of learning in our school is to go to another organization that exists in the city. So, uh, for example, a lot of uh, students want to learn dance, but our dance faculty is not so strong. It's good, but it's not quite good, uh, strong. So if they are, you become a very good dancer, you can go to the center in the city and learn there with the other excellent student from the city. Or you, uh, some people was very interesting in our school to, to, um, to learn about the, the, the agriculture of the beach, of the, of the, of the um, uh, sea, of, the, of how to raise uh, fish and how to do different things uh, uh, in the, uh, near the sea. So they go to the college that we have near our school that focusing about agriculture of the sea and they, they study one day or two days there. So this is the five way. So we are very open or other people want to work with the um, veterinarians, with animals. I know with animals, yeah. Veterinarians that work with animals. So we have a father in our school that is veterinar and they go to work with in his clinic one day. So that's the idea. The idea is to open the school and bring a lot of ideas that what children want to teach or what they want to learn. And a lot of, for example, teachers go to learn with the student, because we want to build like a community of learners and we see all of us learners. Every we say that every teacher is a learner and every learner can be a teacher. If I'm honest, it's blowing my mind. It really is blowing my mind. Um, and I think if somebody is listening to this and thinking, you have an idea right now for a school and it's the democratic school. It's not going to work. And just bear with me. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but they're saying if in this country, you drop this in England, they'll say it's not going to work. No ways it's going to produce people that are going to be involved in politics and going to be involved in the great stuff that your sons are involved in. Because it just can't. I think... There is so many different things where it just I think it's unfathomable for people in many countries to really understand that this is possible and and really see how it could really create a space where it does work. But let's go back to the beginning. This is not an idea that what you're intending to bring in. This is something that you've done that is tried and tested and exist has existed since 1987 and beyond your free schools has produced and supported wonderful teachers and wonderful learners. And it is a system that is working as it and evolved. And I find it fascinating the fact that how can this be applied? And it is being applied, but how, how does the first conversation with governments that are a bit more struggling with the concept of it has to be done in this way and it has to be rigid and, it, and England as an example, how did you have those conversations and how can those steps be taken with teachers to leaders and leaders to um, politicians and everything else to try and generate more, not completely exactly off the blueprint, but to create more spaces and more organisations like this because it shows it can be done, it shows it works. Um, but I think there's so many 
different ways in different countries why it can't be, but I'm interested because I think it's wonderful, but so many people just go, nah, just can't work. I will answer this question with two directions. Yeah. I, I, I think like uh, uh, that I, I, I think that the, it, it's need to be why we are doing this. And to me, it was quite clear what when I was 10 years old, when I feel suffering at school, I told my friend, that's impossible what we are doing here. It's totally crazy. Uh, the adults make mistake. How it can be that they put us 40 people in the same class. We are so unbelievable people. And they want that we will do the same things in the same time with the same materials, with the same teacher. They are crazy. That's what I thought when I was 10 years old. And that's exactly what I'm thinking today. I really believe that all four of us, we are different. And that's wonderful that we are different. I also believe this is, I cannot prove it. It's belief that we don't know from where we come to this place that called Earth, and we will leave this place. And I believe that we, every one of us, bring to this place something unique, and we don't bring something the same. And school need to find the uniqueness of everyone, and not tell us that he found the 1% genius or the 20% excellence. It's not important. This is crazy that schools say that they have 20% excellence. What? It cannot believe that we do such a thing. I think that school need to say that he find the uniqueness of every child, like Ken Robinson said, the element. Yeah, we, I really believe that every one of us have the, have the element. And so everyone, school need to say, I found 80% of the student elements. Let's focusing now and find, help to, to find to the 20%. That's what I thought when I was 10 years old and now. But if you told me, if I come now to talk with uh, government, it's, it's very easy, especially this month. This month, everything changed. When we, when we have uh, the chat GPT, unbelievable. Last week, this chat make all the um, tests to be a doctor of medicine in the United States, and it do it quite good. You know, and you cannot believe what it's happened in our college. All this, the teachers begin to, uh, all the students begin to answer the, the question with chat GPT. And the, 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 the teachers doesn't, know, the professors doesn't know what to do. And in the chat inside between us, the people that uh, we are, working uh, with the student, people say, oh, the chat GPT give only the right answers. And this is not what we are looking. We are looking about creativity, about thinking different, and about uh, uh, laugh and uh, humoristic. And then I told them, okay, you check in your exams in all the college, not what it's the basic, you look about excellence, about uni uniqueness of every child, that's the, of every student, that's what you are doing. And, and then it's to me, if you will uh, focusing now 
that the student will remember and give answer of the right the rights answer to the, to the old question. You prepare them unbelievable to the past. But then you need to think how to take England to the past, how you take all the world to the past. Because the right answer now is easy. You need to bring the children to, to think above the right answer. And that's what we are doing. And if countries doesn't will do it, doesn't, I, I, I don't know how to say it in English. If countries not will do it, they will find themselves collapse, collects, collapse. And, uh, and uh, they will collect. It cannot be the, the new economy. It's the economy of, of thinking differently. Different, no, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 absolutely makes sense. And we've we, we exploring some of this change is like Steve said earlier. This is revolutionary. It's not like a little evolution. It's not trying to do something, tweak something a little bit. We're talking about full scale huge change you talked about student parliaments and everybody getting a vote and people getting to choose and not just doing stuff because that's what they're told to do at this time at this age and, and whatever else i've literally just come out of a governor's meeting at the, the primary school that um that i'm a governor at and the conversation about yeah, the curriculum says that four-year-olds need to do this in phonics and uh, the seven-year-olds the seven -year -olds need to do this in their literacy lesson. And I just, I think to myself, I've got, I, I've got very diverse children. I've got, they've got, they've got 210 very diverse children. And a phrase that you, you used um, earlier in the podcast, but you've, I know you've, you've, you've used this quite a lot, is that different is beautiful. And and I, and, I, and I love that. I love the idea that we are trying to create a uniform student, a uniform process that fits a uniform model of tabulating results and making sure things fit on nice graphs. And what you're saying is that that, that isn't how it should be. School shouldn't be like that. Is that is that is that exactly, right? Exactly. And uh, and this is all the. If you want that they will succeed success in the future economy, and you can see what happened now in Israel, less and less students decide to go to university, and they immediately after in Israel you need to you must to go to the army, but after the army immediately the startup companies uh, try to catch the young people, and the idea that uh, a lot of young people build their startup companies uh, and it's build a new kind of uh, economy. I call it uh, ideas economy or cre creative economy. It's and, and if you go today in the streets in Tel Aviv, you feel it so strong. In the streets, you see in different coffee, people sit and build their companies and they build their materials, but they need to think differently. If they, if, to me, it was very interesting to go and to talk with this. I thought, I, I, what I'm doing today a lot, I take uh, teachers to a tour in Tel Aviv, and we begin and sit with the young people that work in the, in the startup companies, and we tell them how they choose work, new workers, how they, what they are doing, and and the teacher, they're unbelievable. They say, what? That's the way. So it can be that you finish a um, PhD in the university and someone finish high school and you take the high school student because he know things to do that the PhD doesn't know to do. So everything that the old teacher know about what the economy change in these days. And uh, that's something that I do a lot. I, I, and also we work with the big, all, most of the big companies in the world, they have research centers in Israel. So a lot of the people that work in the research centers, they work with us. 
and they come to the school and they and they try to explain everyone that the new culture of the new industry is totally different and they are looking different people yeah absolutely and i think i think that's what the technology going back to like the the chat gpt and 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 i think the technology and we we're, we're quite big advocates of this on on edgy futurists is that um technology should make make us become more human um technology shouldn't replace humans it should it should help us actually become the humans and i know you've said in in your work and you, you've alluded to it on the podcast that that the, the the traditional schooling system was to was to create almost cogs in a system to create workers to create labor um almost and 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 not and treat humans as commodities not necessarily as human beings um and i think the more we get of this of this type of technology over the next few years even the next few months it's going to yeah. allow us to become human and it sounds like with your schools that's what you focus on you focus on actually how can how can these young people in front of us be human beings and being human beings is a number of things isn't it being human beings is the the freedom to express yourself every human being's unique every everyone's an individual and if we're going to actually switch and i think it's i think the the technology and we're seeing it happen at the minute is going to force schools i mean unless unless you're a school in new york that's banned it <laughs> but let's not go there but i think it's going to force schools to actually to actually look at how do we how do we actually start treating these individuals in front of us as individuals as humans who like to express themselves and not just and i and just to bring a personal story in my my daughter matilda she's three years old and she just started going to nursery school um just after christmas and they wear a uniform so she's three years old and she got excited for it she got because because she because when she was in place play group she could see the nursery school from play group and she could see the older children wearing their uniform and we got her uniform we got her a new pair of shoes and she loved it um and then we did the we did the uh the stereotypical her going out for our first day photograph at the front at the front door of the house in a uniform and then said goodbye to her and then i got in my car and i was driving to work and i suddenly just thought oh my goodness like it, it hit me like a ton of bricks and i thought you've just totally taken her expression away from her because she she loves to get up and pick and i know it's uh steve's steve's daughter's like this as well and i'm sure ben's are as well like she loves to get up and pick her own clothes and see what she's going to wear and it, it it and it depends on our mood that morning as well what she picks and it's it's obviously a clear expression of of her individuality and i just it just suddenly hit me and i thought we've taken that away from her now she's become she's just become like everybody else she's be, we've almost put her into a system um, and I think, and and maybe maybe I'm wishful thinking. I don't know. Hopefully, I'm not. But I, I like to think that this this technology will force us and force the education system to look at the individuality of the person. Because because once, and I suppose it's like what you were saying there, Yakov, that once the computers can do the remembering, then what else have humans got? Well, we've got a hell of a lot more, haven't we? But it is individuality. It is express. It is how we express ourselves. It is the the uniqueness of who we are, and and I'm hopeful that hope that that type of technology will, and we and we'll have to we'll have to, probably we'll, we'll probably have to embrace schools like like your schools and and actually start to to look at those models like like Agora, and we've got XP school and um, XP schools here in the UK as well, and actually go well. If we're not going to be about remembering anymore, then then how do we do school? And we're going to have to evolve, I think. Yeah, and uh, to me, first of all, yeah, technology. I think slowly will change the education, but it's not the it's not the right direction. It needs to be something that the the humanistic ideas inside the pedagogic will change also the technology because okay now come the uh, the chat gpt 
and I see that a lot of places say, okay, let's think how to uh, stop it. I hear that in Australia now, this, the test is by uh, pencils. Uh, or United States, the, some places say that you cannot get uh, chat GPT to schools. Yeah. What we say, for example, in the democratic school and especially in our college, uh, we say you must to use chat GPT. You must to use to the now the end of this semester, all the works that the student need to give. It's need to be part using chat GPT. Also to bring a lot of uh, uh, what we say. Uh, uh, take ideas from the internet, take ideas from Wikipedia, uh, take from everywhere and bring and connect them to one work and then bring short of what you want to say. And then it's become like an essay that it's part, like 90% you take from the internet and 10% bring yourself. And that's something very important to understand. Yeah, it's very important to use internet, but then tell us what you bring and you why you bring yourself in this in this sentence. And that's become very very. I don't know if uh, my English is so bad when I hear my English, I cannot understand what I say. No, so, no it, it, it landed perfectly that because yeah. I'm hearing that and I'm thinking to myself, this this is it. The chat GPT stuff is fantastic. It, but why have you why have you chosen to ask it that question? Why have you asked it in that way? What what does that then mean for you? You explain that. Tell me why why you mean that. And I think we were talking um uh, with uh Manish Jadeja, who is a health futurist, and he was talking about know, like, yeah. you, know, you know Manish, you know anyone? Yeah. <laughs> like, is there anybody you don't know? Probably not. Uh, so we were talking, we were talking to Manish, and he was he he was saying that obviously in the traditional, uh, when somebody becomes a doctor, they have to um, uh, they, they have to justify why they've chosen what they've done and, and and talk through their argument. It's not just a here's a written presentation, and I think that really means that we should um, get to that idea of. Uh, helping young people, not just young people, helping people, full stop, be able to talk about their stuff and communicate in a way rather than just regurgitate to answer a question and like a memory. I, I have loads of conversations with people now about the fact that um, I did A-level history, Latin and classical civilization. Did you do Latin, Ben? Did I? Yeah, I did. Have I said that before? Have I said, mentioned that before? I'm just becoming a... I'm becoming that resounding gong. I'm joking. I'm That's only the first time I've heard it this week, to be fair, but <laughs> I said it since last week, so... But I did it, these A-levels and don't use any of it anymore. But I did quite well and got good results and it was all about passing a test and somehow remembering it for that short period of time rather than having an impact. I think what you're talking about here is, is learning... That's that goes beyond the scope of getting to the next stage, which is what I think a lot of a lot of UK education, um, certainly the system and and perhaps around the world is is designed to move students from one exam to the next exam to the next exam, and once you've done them exams, you go to university and you've done those that university, you get a job, and it's actually all you're ever doing is moving for the to the next stage as opposed to learning for the for for thriving and learning for more than just get getting to that next stage yeah i think for my if i want to see the future of learning i see community of learnings that it's beginning eight ten years until 100 that people learning together and go to work together and I see also not only the mixed ages in the learning, but also in the workplaces. I think uh, a lot of people, when they are 10 years old, they can bring a lot of great ideas and uh, energy to the workplace. And uh, uh, maybe we will build a school from uh, two years to 10. And then something and everyone can go to the learning cloud 
that will be all the other people that will go to learn together and uh, work together. And uh, I, I, the people that work with me for Microsoft, uh, that they come to the, our, the, our program that call a revolution, also a lot of people from Microsoft is coming uh, there uh, to learn. Uh, and uh, they, they tell me, they ask me a question. What's the average age of the hackers that attacked Microsoft? Go on. And what's the average? Uh, I don't know, 25, 26? 16. 30, 1, 3. Wow. <laughs> This is the average. Some of them in nine years old. And, and they are the best hackers in the world because they try to, by, to, to take things by not to pay. So they build a lot of ideas how to come to these programs. And what they create, it's attacked other program of Microsoft and other uh, big companies. But think about these young people. They have so strong talent. Why don't you use it to great ideas that they can do together, to create together? And you see, and you see today a lot of young people that build their business when they are young. But we think, oh, they are unique. No. I think most of the people, if they will find their exciting ideas, they will also connect to the new technology and can make their uh, business. And uh, the, to live uh, in a network that it's international network, what you try to do today, you, 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 uh, you try to do in your business something that will be like uh, international umbrella. And that's, I think, young people can help you very much. And... Uh, Think about this broadcast in if it was with all the time also with young child. That can be very interesting. Uh, so uh, that's my idea. The idea mm -hmm. is that the future is learning will be very central because the world will change dramatically. You need to learn all your life. We talk about this for a long time, but the idea of learning by age this is a funny idea uh, from where it's come for uh, if it was really an idea i was saying to you okay uh, dan tell me what your age and ben and steve and uh, okay i cannot talk with you together because uh, let's separate by ages from where it's come and yeah. i, I In Education City, my organization today, I have a lot of young people. And I have old people, and they work together. Yeah, and that's the way it works. That's the way it works, isn't it? It is. We have conversations. Dan's like, I know he, he looks the oldest of the group, but he's the youngest of the group. And uh, and Steve, um, where's, where he dyes his beard, because it's actually grey, because he's that old. Um, I don't. I just had an easier paper round. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dan was carrying uphill some really thick broadsheets because he was from an expensive part of Newcastle or delivered to them. I'm from a council estate, so I was handing out flyers, basically. So mine was much easier. Dan is actually 13 and has recently hacked into Microsoft. <laughs> I'm 45 <laughs> and have never done any hacking. So it's interesting. Uh, and Dan has done all the hacking through chat, through the chat. And the new age, uh, artificial intelligence, I've never played on it, so I cannot use it. And it hasn't taken my mind just yet, so I look much younger. <laughs> but 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 I think you're absolutely right. It does it. The some it's age, it's stages. It's the idea of when you're ready, you're ready. You, you don't have you shouldn't have to wait if you're ready. I had this big massive argument recently in a school uh, where they were saying uh, I said this this child knows how to do this. Why why are we doing? Why are they not moved on to the stuff that they do in year five or in year six? And they said, well, actually, what they do is they have to consolidate this and do more practice of this thing. Uh, at a deeper level as opposed to moving into the things or else th and the words were this well if they do that what will they do in year five 
And that's the problem is because you're fixed into following a pattern, aren't you? So a system, I think, uh, I, I love this. This conversation is a fantastic conversation. Steve has made himself Steve. big. Uh, I don't know why. Steve's got no something idea. to say, everyone. Go on, Steve. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I literally have no idea how I moved to the bubble theme automatically. <laughs> how on earth did I even do that? I think for, those I who, for those people who are just listening, Steve put himself full screen on camera. He thinks he's the main guest on this. On this I have no idea yet. how he even did that. I think it might have been Dan through chat, chat, chat GTP. GT uh, yeah. I'm not sure. So no, it's been it's been. Uh, I I think there is so much in this, and there's a lot of depth into what we've been talking about. There's a lot of um, conversation that I think we, we we could continue to have. This idea of a, a, a democratic setup um, and actually truly truly making it democratic because yeah. that's a big statement that you've done there to say that children and parents and teachers equal vote principal and four year old equal vote. That is a uh, that's powerful. It's super powerful. I feel like Yakov at the start of the the show when you said that I'll just do a I'll just do an intro about about what I do. Um, I feel like we, we we've just gotten to the end of that intro, and I feel like we need to delve into the actual interview now. But I, I look at the clock, and it's and we're we're over the hour. Um, we definitely need to continue talking about this. Um, I've got loads of things in my head that I was, I've been waiting to bring up, but uh, we said we'd only keep you for an hour, so uh, we'll have to do part two very soon. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I think that uh, if I have time, I, I was focusing on what we are doing now in the college, Bed Bell College. It's unbelievable because I begin to tell you we are focusing about teacher training, but it's not only uh, uh, teacher training. It's also it's around we build a new degree. It's not exist this degree, I think, in every, any place. And we call, we call it, you can, we can recognize you as experts. And you can do experts in what you want. And they, so we have a, a lot of people that they learn what is exciting them. And in the end of the learning, we build together uh, very famous people in the world that they show what they are doing and they need to recognize them as the experts in their field. So we build totally different new kind of university. It's not university that say, who want to learn psychology and you come to learn psychology. You, you say what is interesting you, what you think that you lead in the world, what you think that, and you need to show us that you do it, not, only learning about this and we need to interview the people that take you to work with them and also you need to meet, meet experts and they will recognize you as a experts and this is the new what we call revolution but th that will be to the next uh, talking it was great to meet you and uh, yeah yeah it, it's been great um and yeah let's keep keep the conversation going Yakov, um, yeah, we'll we'll play some play some outro music, and then if you, if you want to stay on, and we'll we can uh, we can chat once we've gone off air. But uh, thanks, Yakov Hecht, for joining us from Israel. It's been a pleasure. Bye. One, two, three.